Hi, welcome to Ace Chats. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Anna. And we are here today with a very special guest, Sarah Myers. Hi. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah is a good friend of mine and a fantastic client of mine. Um, we have been seeing each other for about five years and um, we have been lucky enough to be having three sessions together uh, since COVID hit three years ago. Three sessions a week, yeah, since COVID hit three years ago. Um, I'm going to get Sarah to introduce herself and she can explain a little bit of why we have got her on. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, so yes, as well as being a client and having had completely overhauled what my body looks like in the last three years. Um, I also work at Jamie in the carer's service and we support parents and carers of teenagers and young people with mental illness, um, anything from eating disorders to depression, anxiety, um, personality disorders, um, giving one-to-one practical and emotional support, as well as uh, running and facilitating groups. Super interesting. So the reason we got Sarah on here is because we thought it would be a really interesting discussion to talk about the language around weight loss and how we talk to our children about their appearance um, to encourage a more um, healthy yeah, I'm I'm always really surprised still in today's day and age how some women and men that we work with talk about their diet so openly um, around their children and their teens sort of without any restrictions, completely unguarded. Um, it's bizarre. It's completely and utterly bizarre. Yes, now we have grown up in a society, or a society in a way where our parents very much spoke about weight loss in a very different way. You know, Anna often talks about the mm. fact that she's scarred from her mum putting on her, her on a diet at quite was, a young... I'm trying to remember the language she used, and if I said to her, I feel fatter than my sisters, or if she said to me, um, you know, you really need to go on a diet. But I remember so clearly walking in the house after school every day and my mum making toasted cheese sandwiches for my sisters and telling me I had to have Rivita and cottage cheese. And... Wow. You cannot erase that. Yeah. You just can't erase it. It's just there for life. And, um, you know, I've discussed this with her today. And she's, she, I've said to her, you know, you sort of ruined me. And she's not, she, I feel really bad. I hope she doesn't listen. But she sort of said, but aren't you happy I did? And I, I, I it's just mind blowing. But it's a different generation. Yeah. And I think they were so focused on, I don't know, it was a real sort of, you know, diets were in and out of fashion and it was the whole but if it goes back to you know if you watch like the marvelous mrs meisel and you go back to the 50s you know women and exercise and their appearance i mean one thing that i loved about that program and but but it was so tragic at the same time was when you see the when she gets out of bed wakes up before her husband yes. wakes up, yeah. her, makeup, her makeup on, take yeah. her rollers out, her hair, put on her sexy negligee so that when he wakes up, that's the first thing he sees. And she used to wait for him to fall asleep at night and go and then take her makeup off and put her hair in rollers. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine not showing your husband yourself without makeup on? And so the, that feeling idea, I, you know, I think that part she also, of it... Sorry, she also... Um, measured 
all of her yes. limbs yes. on a every, on a daily basis and yeah. documented it in a book. Now that has to come from somewhere. Yes. Like people were doing that all over. We the have place. some very early. I got given from um, my my la- a lady who made me a hat for one of my son's mitzvahs, and she had a whole pile of old Vogues, and she found in it a recipe book for dieters. And it's unreal. It's so I've shared it a few times on Instagram. It's special, but the the, the words, the language, the yeah. um, but people were slimmer in those days. Yes, and it was coming from a good place. Yeah. really and truthfully, well, it was coming from a good place, but it was totally to do with um, kind of the patriarchal society yes. and that women were literally there to be looked at, to rear children, and to look after children, and that was pretty much you know their role. Yeah. And so there was a, still a huge amount of pressure for these women to look a certain way and yeah. feel a certain, you know, for their husbands. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, one massively positive thing that has come out of, you know, us through the ages is that we are much more, um, you know, into ourselves for ourselves and not necessarily, and, and we're going to talk more because there is obviously still... Um, in terms of language, in terms of how uh, girls think they should be seen by boys and um, girls should be seen, how their friends talk to them about how they their appearances is still very much part of our world. Yeah. But it seems to be a little less, um, you know, in your face in that respect. Yeah. And I think we're just much more aware of the impact that it can have on children and young people in general if they are not um comfortable in themselves and you you know being teenagers is really difficult and you do just want to look like your friends and you do just you you know want to look like everyone else and there are so many mixed messages um you know in the media with yes you should be able to look how you want but oh look at this person who is back to their baby weight after six weeks you know and and the articles are kind of one after the other and you don't know where to look so I think it's really confusing for young people but I I think that you know our generation and generation above as we said there was such an emphasis on being thin and and what you looked like that it's actually we have the ability to kind of change that with our with our children and young people because we as I said have much more of an understanding how little things that we say can have an impact on young people's minds. You know, the biggest problem is it's not just how we're talking to our kids. They go to school with their friends. And I'm always surprised. I'm just always, you know, either the the children are sort of speaking about weight loss and how they look and their appearances or their friends' parents. You know, you've worked so hard to speak (laughs) so carefully and guarded around the topic. And then suddenly they come home from school and they know, you know, they come home and say, I'm fat, you know. And yeah. um, it's, it's really hard. You want your children to feel confident no matter what. Um, and what do you do when your child says to you, you know, I feel overweight? Can, you know, do, do you help them? I mean, I know it's, a, it's you know, dependent on the age, and, and, but it's, um, it's difficult. It really is a, yes. a tricky subject. Yeah, it is. And I think that even in, in schools, for example, in primary schools, they... There's still, I don't think that the curriculum has necessarily caught up with the language that should be a, be used. And so, you know, the kids will come home from school and say, we're only allowed to eat apples and 
cucumbers or whatever because they've done a whole thing on healthy eating whereas actually that's not a realistic way to live your life Mm -hmm. um you you know it's much better to be taught about balance and about being healthy and about having what you want and things in moderation and you know those sorts of things because they get taught that and then something that is a real bugbear of mine but they get weighed and measured in reception and then they That's get true. weighed and measured again in year six and the kids all have to line up and they all stand on a set of scales in year six and that is, you know, hormones are that. all starting and, you know, um, and but, actually, interestingly, I, I opted my daughter out of that in year six. I think because of the job that I do and the understanding that I have, I didn't want yeah. all of her to be involved in those conversations with her friends. And um, and that was it. That nothing was sort of said about it. And then um, a friend of mine with a, whose daughter is in the same class recently received a letter, which is sort of six months on from when it actually happened, telling her that her daughter was overweight with a dangerous BMI. Now, oh, that is not the case when you look at her daughter and she is growing and you know healthy, lots of exercise, what we would consider to be a healthy lifestyle. But because the the government or whoever it is has a tick box of what your BMI should be or it's all antiquated yeah. and doesn't make sense in today's I, society. I think those are also just to get some data points, aren't they? Yeah. So they're not actually there to compare how much you weigh. I think they are literally there to create yes, the chart you are, plot. When you're an impressionable exactly. 10-11-year-old girl yeah. and, and girls get off the scales and say, you know, oh, I weigh, you know, yeah. 35 kilos. How yeah. much do you weigh? It's it's you know it's, it's can be quite damaging yes but i do think that because we are much more aware of mental health yes which we our parents weren't yeah absolutely. you know when our kids you know when we had a kid in class that was naughty they were just naughty they weren't you know adhd they did they there weren't you know we didn't talk about you know if kids were low you know we didn't talk about that kid must be depressed you know you didn't think about kids being you know, um, mentally unwell in those days. Yeah. And so I think the fact now that we are so much more conscious about um, having that negative effect on their mental health, um, and some kids are always going to be, and we, you know, we discuss this all the time, some kids are going to be more susceptible yeah, to mental health issues and other kids are not going to be at all. And um, it's just having that awareness that there will be kids that, you know, will be damaged by certain language and that's what we really have to kind of talk about and um also teach our children how to talk about it with their peers yeah as well exactly i think that we are so much more aware and we look after their mental health and our own in a very different way than how we used to and covid obviously helped with that because it put the focus on your own well-being but I do think that still when it comes to sort of dieting and what we look like we as a generation are so still hung up about it that we don't necessarily think about our language when we're then talking to our children and and it is interesting because we think about our language or I certainly do think about my language and the way I talk to my kids a lot more than I ever have done before and I am very conscious when I talk about weight loss and things like that with them but I think a lot of people still don't when it comes to I was going to gonna say you know we we are me and Charlotte obviously in the this profession we are you know nutritionists personal trainers and we're hyper uh, alert and sensitive to this and obviously you work with people so you are exactly the same but 
you know, is it that 90% of people just uh, sort of a bit more free with their words and just not, I, I, I don't know, actually. I don't know if it has changed so much from our parents' generation. Certainly, you know, sitting around a Shabbat table, there's so much talk about food, nutrition, diet, and, you know, I'm sort of kicking people under the table and trying to change the subjects because I don't want my kids exposed to that. No, and I, me and I, Charlotte get it an, a lot because people want to tell you. They want to tell you straight away whether they... And silly things. Aren't you proud of me? I haven't eaten sugar in a month. Nope. Nope, that's stupid and I don't really <laughs> care. But And you're not my client. But, like, also my kids are around. Yeah. So don't start putting ideas in their heads that I've been so careful to... But then Not people also about. will sit around the table with you and say, oh, okay, so what are you going to eat? Yeah, yeah. And are you going to have dessert? Everyone, Charlotte's having dessert. You know, like, ooh. And it's like, well, I'm allowed a little piece of cake if I want a piece of cake. Like, yeah. this is not the message that I'm trying to get across is that, yes, we, we, you know, in the past, I can say this to you, and it was probably a, very much orthorexia in terms of the way I behaved with sugar. Um, I was like militant and I became like this clean eating Nazi. Charlotte, your avocado chocolate mousse was excellent <laughs> and the sweet potato brownies. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. <laughs> I mean, my kids used to go mad with me. I was like the queen baker of the family. Everyone used to come to me for tea and then one day I was like, no more sugar and I used to make teas with, you know, coconut. with coconut sugar and coconut oil and I mean in the end they were way more calorific I've discussed this on podcast before those who listen to us <laughs> will know this about me um but the the point is is that you know I have I have seen that it didn't have a positive effect on our family it didn't have a positive effect on my children and and in in actually it sent them the other way and they were totally you know whenever they got to have actual chocolate or actual sugary things you know they were those kids that piled them in their faces and and you you know i remember the head teacher of our school always saying i always know the the family <laughs> whose parents don't let sugar in the house because as soon as you know there's a treat at school those kids are the ones that jump into the middle and i remember feeling like when she said that she said it to me cuz i was trying to help um, with school lunches at school at the time. And I remember thinking, okay, obviously my kids were those kids. Um, and I think it was like, at that point, I realised I'm not doing any good here. I'm not doing myself any good because no one wants to eat all this rubbish I'm making. <laughs> I actually piled on the weight. I really did. I got, um, I put on loads of weight from eating all of that stuff because you kind of think, oh, it's guilt-free, but actually it's full of calories. Um, and... Um, and it didn't give my kids a positive uh, relationship with food. So I have become much more moderate. And yes, I'm still strict. And there are still certain things we just don't always have in the house. And I get sometimes my kids get angry with me about it. But I do it only from, you know, they get plenty of balance as well. And I do it only from a good place. I know, but I don't think it comes from a weight loss perspective. I think it comes from no, a health totally perspective. totally not a weight loss and perspective. And I think the this kids is know completely that. from a health perspective. And I talk a lot about, you know... You know, have you had your five a day? And are you, you know, are you making sure that you're having protein with your lunch? Because often they'll come home starving, and it's because they've just grabbed a challah roll at school. Yeah. Um. So it's just trying. I'm I'm trying to teach them obviously how to eat better from a health perspective, not from a. When um, Sarah, when you are, um, you know, obviously helping parents whose childrens have eating disorders. Yeah. Um. You know what. what 
what is a what's the language what are you discussing are you giving practical tips or advice are you just supporting them from an outsider how does it look how does it work so we give practical and emotional support um and so it it's a really really difficult one because you know when somebody is in recovery from an eating disorder as we've talked about before nothing is off limits mm-hmm. and and that can be really difficult for the rest of the family especially yeah. if you are conscious of what you are eating yourself um and lots of parents do report that they put on weight mm-hmm. while they're supporting their children through recovery and that's that's the most important thing to them at that time and that obviously takes precedent but what happens up afterwards is that they are in a position where they want to lose the weight again yes. um but they have to be very careful in the in that sort of environment and so again it's about looking at being healthy rather than a focus on um the number of calories in a certain item of in a certain meal mm. that you're eating it's about actually what do you want that is going to make you happy um or that you're going to enjoy at the same time as it having enough protein you nourishing know you. nourishing you yeah. um you know making you feel better and you know i think we all know that it's really easy to sort of grab processed food and do it really quickly especially mm-hmm. when we're busy and we're working but that actually if you can take a bit more time the fresh stuff is is just better for you and you can eat more of it and i think it's just about Parents parents are put in a very difficult position when their child unfortunately is diagnosed with an yeah. eating disorder. And as you know, as we also know, eating disorders are not about food, which can be really difficult for people to get their heads around. Yes. Um, you know, because it obviously very quickly does become about food. Um and so it's it's about the importance of eating for your life for your life and how you want to live your life as it is opposed to what you actually look like and that's what the focus and the people who do sort of well in recovery and where recovery sort of starts is when you can start seeing hope for the future and things that you want to do in the future and by if if there are things that you want to do that require energy you, you know it's about what food is there for rather than what you look like and it's really yeah. difficult because what goes hand in hand in hand with an eating disorder is and eating disorders you know i'm talking about anorexia specifically here yeah. obviously the other end of the scale is binge eating yeah. um which is something different um but when it comes to any sort of eating disorder and this is again i think why people find it hard to get your heads around the fact that it's not about food is that it comes with body dysmorphia yeah. um and that uh, and it happens very very quickly so whilst initially it's not about the food and it's about needing some to find some way of controlling your life once it becomes about the food you have to be very careful and conscious as parents and as siblings because i think that's also very yeah, difficult definitely. you don't want your you don't it, it there can be a lot of learned behavior but equally you want the siblings to show the enjoyment that they're getting from food so it is a very very difficult subject it's a it's a it's a horrible horrible illness um but by focusing on a lifestyle rather than it just being about the food 
is the best way to sort of yeah. move forward with it. I, I read somewhere that a huge percentage of people don't actually ever properly recover. I mean, they get into a stage where they can function yeah. in society, you know, but don't actually we always have it sort of hanging over their head. Yes. I mean, do you see that a lot? Do you see people coming back? And Yes, so we do see people coming back. But I think another really, what I find quite a, a scary statistic is the number of people who live their entire lives with an eating disorder yeah. but because their weight has never gone so low that they would be you know yeah. accessible that treatment would be accessible or that they don't necessarily even know that they have an eating yeah. disorder we, and we that's our generation definitely yes. um that is our generation where you know it was the start of um the name of it's gone out of my head now where you only ate meat and eggs um, you know, those, those diets, <laughs> the Atkins, the Atkins, Atkins yeah. and, you know, all of those sorts of things. So I still go out with friends now and I notice that they won't eat the bun of their burger. And it's, you know, and that, that is things that we were sort of taught yes. a long time ago. That bread was terrible, you know. And, and so I think we've, you can live your entire life like yeah. that. Um, I, I call it dis- disordered eating. Disordered eating, yeah. exactly. But there are so many women who, yeah. you know, get through the day eating. Maybe they, they say, oh, well, I only need one meal a day. Yeah. And they'll spend their whole day kind of drinking coffee, drinking picking. water, maybe picking a little bit. And then they get and they have dinner at the end of the day. And that's yeah. where they kind of enjoy their yeah. food. Um, and they, they don't see that as disordered eating. That's their way of keeping their weight down. Yeah. And, um, and that can't be... And that's, know, that's not them. a positive... It, it, it might have worked but, them, it's, but it's not, not a positive way to, to, you know, be bringing up kids. It's, exactly. It's for your kids to think that it's normal just to have one meal a day. Exactly. I'm working it's, with a client at the moment and who's pretty similar to that. And I said, why don't you just sit down at lunch? She's weaning a baby. I said, you've got this amazing opportunity to start afresh with this baby. Sit down at lunch. When you feed your baby, sit down and eat something with them. And it's just really interesting. But what I was going to say is we have all these sort of preconceived ideas and it's you know from the way we've been brought up and don't eat carbs and don't and me personally I it's taken years but I am totally comfortable eating any food from any food group guilt free and it's it's like the most amazing it's it's liberating you know I often have a flake I've told you that my latest crave is a crave craze craze is a, a flake it's it's 134 calories and it's very good value it is delicious with a cup of coffee and it is like liberating you can have a flake and just feel like happy and not guilty and not sort of say oh i better have less later but we have come that has taken us years, as well yeah. years to be able to Definitely. understand that and also that has come down to our experience with working with lots of different people our education yeah. understanding that you know as long as, you know, we're getting, you know, most of our food in from whole, unprocessed, you know, how we always talk, lots of fruit and vegetables, lots of lean proteins. But there is always space for everyone to be able to have something that they enjoy, something yeah. that they get enjoyment yeah. out of. Now, my kids always laugh at me because I still, and I, and I say this a lot, I love a salad. And then not, don't just love a salad because I should love a salad, which is what Erin often says to me. <laughs> oh, it's so like, you know, typical personal trainer, nutritionist, I must eat a salad. And it's like, no, I really genuinely love eating like a, a really lovely salad with loads of fresh vegetables. But yes, I still also love a half a packet of mini eggs when they're put <laughs> in front of me. So, I, you know, it's, it's 
it's showing that balance. And, and I don't want, you know, I remember my kids being like, uh, at one point when I did, when I became more relaxed about these things, that every time I had something that, you know, that was, they'd be like, oh, mommy, you're having that. You Catching know, like, you wow. Out. And it's like, I don't want them to look at me and say, oh, wow, you're having an ice cream. Like, actually, you were on holiday. I want to have an ice cream. You know, it's, yeah. it should be normal. And I think that is, you know, it's really important to be able to show our kids that the balance. The balance, exactly. And I think, I think that it's it is it's really difficult because I also live this lifestyle now and it's only through the education that you've given me um that you know I know to be happy with my body as it is and I've worked very hard and I now have nice muscles that I can see and they make me very happy (laughs) they make me very happy and they make me happier than when if I think back to when I my sort of thinnest time before if you like when I was in my early 20s I still wasn't happy with what I looked like and what I've realized now is that actually it's the toning of my body that that you know that that you can actually see the muscles and I'm stronger and I'm healthier and you know and my kids can see that but it's only because I've had the education and you, you know I still would consider myself to be a bit body dysmorphic and I and I will look straight in the mirror at the bits that I don't like but through the education that you've given me I now know that I'm as a five foot Jewish northwest London girl I'm never going to look like um a six foot blonde model it's just never going to happen that's not my body shape and so I've learned to accept the bits that I like as well as the bits that I don't like and I also think that that was the way that we were brought up was it was all sort of negative yeah because we had to look better so you would point look at the yeah. bits of you that that didn't and yeah. you wanted to look like everybody else in the playground or you know acceptance is a huge part of it yeah. it really is and the problem is and we can discuss social media um now but yeah. you know everywhere you look there are people who look i say inverted commas you know perfect um you know you go you look at all the fashionistas you look at all the the people working out like everyone looks like they are perfect also it's the it's the added tweakments that have now come in the um injectables where you've got 20 year olds botoxing themselves or putting fillers to change the shape of their or even filters on instagram editing tools on instagram you know that's always brought up isn't it i remember you saying to me that you were really proud of us when we weren't putting filters on things yes because actually it was something like you know well this is us yeah and you know what is the point of putting a filter it's exactly like and the magazines that we've all grown up with, that all the women were airbrushed to their perfect, yeah. you know. Exactly. It's, uh, yes, Charlotte, it's our relatability, isn't yes, it? Yes, we are very <laughs> relatable. <laughs> I think sometimes I'd quite like to put a filter on. <laughs> sometimes we're too, sometimes we're possibly too relatable. Too relatable, <laughs> but it's so important. But that's, and that's how I feel when I talk to my children as well, is that actually, you know, yes, I'm very conscious of it, but I want them to grow up understand it like being relatable to to me in that you know they know so for example they know that me working out three times a week and you know I was a bit nervous about it when I when COVID hit and I started doing it and the weight was coming off quickly and I was eating better because I had time yeah you know to do it but I was very conscious of how that looked to them um do you think they noticed I think that they noticed that I was working out a lot yeah um, and 
but it's about my, the communication with them as to why. And so they know that I work out because I want to be strong and I want to be able to lift, you know, I want to be able to get something out of the shed that's really heavy without having to wait for my husband to come home from work to do it, you know, or I want to show them that I can put my suitcases in the car or, yeah. you know, even pick them up. They're still, you know, they're a bit older now, but I can still pick them up and things like that. I want them to know that I'm strong and and healthy and and my seven-year-old who is amazing. She's amazing. she really is she uh, will come with me whenever she's not at school she comes to Shah with it's me so she cute. wants to work out and she and I think she but that's because it's it's about being strong and healthy rather than about being yeah Thin, if we, you like. we were talking about this last week, how most people start with one of us as trainers to lose weight. And very quickly, it sort of switches and they realise actually the benefits of becoming strong are yeah. massive. We've just done a whole series on Instagram about the benefits of being strong. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it really is huge, but the language has to change. You know, you can't say to your kids, I'm going to the personal trainer because I need to lose weight. No. Um, and we were discussing this before, how we were saying how, you know, often people say, oh, I've eaten too much, I need to go for a run. And without even realising it, they're putting this, um, you know, relationship between exercise and nutrition and weight loss, you know, in front of their kids who are blank slates as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah. And they've sort of put, it's... Um, it's yeah, so, you know, why, why are you going for a run is, you know, the reason should be for your heart health, for your mental, mental health, health, yeah, for, um, you know, also... For me time. Me time. Sometimes yeah. it's like, for me, sometimes it is literally just getting out of the house and getting away from everybody because you just need that. Yeah. Um, and also how it makes you feel. I feel when I'm, you know, running uh, regularly, I feel so much fitter in my life. I feel like... Um, yeah, everyday things just feel easier, um, and I and also I love endorphins. that. Yeah, you feel amazing. I love a runner's high. It's it's like the best feeling. Yeah, but I I just we've we've talked about sort of education and how we talk to our children and um, how we communicate them with with them if we're dieting and things like that and not using words like dieting and talking more about lifestyle and healthy eating and i think that uh, uh, we we've had to educate ourselves because of the way that we were brought up yeah. and as we said at the beginning about society and i think that actually it's okay you know obviously you guys as personal trainers and nutritionists and me because i live this lifestyle and I and I love working out for all of the benefits that it, it gives me but I think it is okay for us to educate other people as well um, and not from a sort of preachery perspective yeah. but yeah. more from a you know um, parents grand our kids grandparents our parents older people who have access to our children who it, it that's the way that they were also yeah. brought up and it, it's they don't they don't also see what we see in terms of how fragile with social media and everything else our children's mental health is yeah um and so i think it's okay for us to educate them and not in a you know we don't have to be horrible to them about it but just in a we don't use that language anymore or yeah. you know this is why we don't use that language anymore or this is what we would rather say rather than you know you can't eat that because you're on a diet or oh should you really be eating that right now or you know it's i think we're often scared to 
tell other people, especially when we work in the kinds of jobs that we yes. do, because yeah. it can come across as, you know, that. But actually, that's the only way people learn. Um, it's also trying to, it's asking them not to comment on appearance. And, yeah. and again, we've discussed that before. You know, if, if someone walks into the room and tells you, um, you know, oh, wow, you've lost weight or, you know, whatever it is, if it's a positive or, uh, you know, or from a negative point of view, yeah. it's, it's like, stop, stop there. Stop um, putting that, um, you know, on them, yeah. that their appearance, you know, oh, wow, you look great. You've lost weight, that they look better now yes. than they did when you saw them last time. The yeah. hardest thing about that is actually we're, you know, we're really told in society to, you know, you're, you're so clever, you're doing so well at school, you know, really put focus on other things, but actually... You don't want them to miss out on a bit of self-confidence. And sometimes I think it is important to say that dress looks really lovely on you. I don't know if there's, uh, you know, the language around that. You know, I guess you could say something like a piece of clothing looks lovely on you rather yeah. than... Oh, that really any... suits you or but that colour really balanced. suits you. Yeah. I think it has to be balanced. I think you have to give as much in, in both. Though. Yes, yeah. because people still need some... We value. know we like to be told yeah, we look yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Definitely. And, and, and validation. But it's when people tell you, like, like basically, you look amazing now, but, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> clearly. I'm always surprised when I get dressed up and people are, like, visibly shocked. <laughs> like, I look decent. And I'm like, God, what do I normally look like? But, uh... but what, I think is really, what I think is really interesting is that um, it tends to be that you would say that to a girl, but you wouldn't say that to a boy. Yeah. So you might say comment on how a, a girl, even, you know, young kids now, you would comment on what the girl looked like, but you wouldn't comment on what the boy it's looked interesting, like. interesting, isn't it? I think it's really interesting. And obviously there is, there has been a massive rise in eating disorders uh, yeah. across the board, but um, with boys as well. But even so, it's very focused still on on girls yeah. and I think it's quite sad because generally speaking when somebody comments on your appearance it's because of because they feel bad bad about themselves um or that they wish they looked like that or you know um and I think that's quite interesting but can I say on. one thing if someone has worked really really hard you know they they were um you know possibly a big person possibly with health risks and they've lost weight and they've worked really hard at it. Like, they want to be told you look great. Yeah. Like, well done you. Because yeah. like we've said, you know, if you've worked hard at something, you do want a pat on the back. So it's yeah. it's like, you know, where do you draw that line? Because but there's the other side you... of that. Because how do you know they haven't been ill and suffering with something else? And have they really <laughs> lost weight? Because it's been intentional. I guess if you know they've been on a journey, you yes. can say, I know how hard it is, um, you know. And, and I actually have a friend of mine who's gone through that recently yeah and you know I think and I and I wanted to tell her that she looked amazing because I knew she'd been working really hard and having been through a similar journey myself I know that it's really hard work but what I did was I made sure that no one else was around the kids weren't there yeah. and I said to her I know we shouldn't really talk like this these days but I know you've been working really hard at it and like I see her going to the gym all the time and you know I know that she's doing it in a healthy way and I wanted her to feel good yeah. because she does look amazing yeah. but I think it's very different saying that to her 
one on one than with all the kids around us at a shabbat lunch table or wherever. Because or you other don't people know what around. other people are going through. Exactly. Exactly. Their situation. Just going back to um, kind of what we were just saying before about boys, I just wanted to bring that st- statistic in mm-hmm. um, just because I think it's interesting. You know, we really focus this all on, on girls and women. But um, it's nowadays, there's one in four male boys that are have eating disorders no, so no, no. no. The, what, one in four the... one in four people diagnosed with an eating no, disorder is yes. male yeah, yes yeah, yeah. That's yeah. and i think that's also the societal shift is that boys and girls are very similar nowadays in terms of what they are um what they have access to the social media all of the um sort of the way that um sort of childhood is these days is yeah. that it's very it's very fluid between boys and girls and it's much more acceptable for boys um boys to be into what would traditionally girls would have been into and vice versa and so the messaging is still the same and the the need for control in these young people yeah. is still the same and there's so much anxiety that uh, with young people nowadays that it's it's when it goes into that need to look for some control. The, yeah. The eating what I find from. amazing as well as um, boys nowadays, you know, when we were growing up, our boys, our friends weren't going to the gym. They yeah. weren't building, yeah. you know, trying to build muscle in their bedrooms. They weren't focused on whey protein, you know, yeah. any of that kind of stuff. And now, I, you know, so many clients or even sitting around the table with teenage boys, they talk about, you know, when I was at the gym and... Yeah. You know, like it's, and in a way it's brilliant and I love it and I think it's fantastic and they're normalising, you know, going to the gym from an early age, which yeah. is only, you know, a healthy thing. Um, but it's the idea that they're still, obviously, they're going for, you know, the aesthetic look yes. of building um, muscle. But the thing with um, eating disorders is it's, I mean, I'm sure some, there are some triggers which are, you know, they might have heard a comment about needing to lose weight. But like you said before, it, it tends to come from needing, the need to control. Yeah. And it's it's often not the case that they feel like they need to improve their body and then by mistake they spiral into anorexia. You yes, know? exactly. It's, um, and that's the balance. Like, as we've talked about, there are people who do need to lose weight for their health um, yeah. because they've got into a position where it has become unhealthy for them. Um, you know, and I think that sometimes they don't necessarily are they're maybe afraid of giving their child an eating disorder because they're focusing too much on food in the house and things like that but again it's just about it it, you that's it's unlikely that that would be as we've talked about the the cause for that but it's about the balance of the whole lifestyle rather than it being focused purely on what you're eating. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that has to be what what people focus on. Um, Definitely. And without sort of giving too much away, we're currently um, writing a programme that is going to benefit the whole family. And it's because we get asked this all the time, you know, w- what do we feed our kids? Are they meant to be eating the same as us? How do I, you know, so often people give their kids kids food. And they have their adult food. And there's just so much misinformation or mixed information and lack of education. You know, I've got one client who says to me, I don't understand why I wasn't taught this at school. Like, why wasn't I taught about macronutrients? And just even calories have such a negative 
um, connotation, but actually yeah. calories are just a unit, uh, you know, a measure of energy, a unit of, of energy. And um, if you can, if you were taught that rather from a negative perspective, but just simply, you know, on this a packet, the you know, yes, the science, then actually it's, I mean, I'm not suggesting that you talk about calories in front of your kids, please don't, but, um, but it's, it's just really interesting. And, you know, yeah. we really want to encourage people to eat healthily, eat a balanced diet, still have space, like we said, for a little bit of uh, fun in their diet. It's not that it's unfun. And also that language, you know, me and Charlotte work so hard to remove that whole restrictive behavior, you know, restricting, remove, and talk so much more about increasing, including, you know, um, yeah, I often more my protein, kids challenges, more... you know, like who's, who's, like how many fruit and vegetables are you going to have today? Like just focus on that. Yeah. Don't, don't need to, you know, have the, they all go to the, the boys especially, go to the newsagent after school yeah. and they like, have, no, I did it. I expect them to do it. They're going to pick up a chocolate bar. It's what they fancy after school. And I'm cool with that. But like encourage them also to be eating plenty of, you know, fruit and vegetables. And we love the, we love the challenge we give some um well, on our Ace Transform, but also lots of clients um, to try and incorporate 30 different fruit and veg into a week. Um, <laughs> and it's nice. You can put up a little chart on the fridge. Yeah. And it, all that does is it opens people's minds. It makes people um, realize that there's... Because I think we're quite limited. We get used to what we eat in a week. Yes. Um, and it just makes you look on your shopping list and think, oh, can I add anything extra? Can I try anything new? It encourages your kids to try yeah. new things. Yeah. Um, and people like a challenge. Yes, they do. It's, you know, and, and, and like to be able to tick something off and, exactly. you know, say that, yes, I did that this week. Yeah. I managed to get them all in. People yeah. do like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think we should uh, wrap it up because you're probably a little bit, well, I'm sure you're not bored of listening to us. But any, any other practical advice, tips um, when it comes to language around kids, teens, older teens, you know? What, what can how can you uh, sort of summarize and it's mm, it's, a, it's a, again it's an interesting one i am very much a believer that we need to be honest with our kids um you know i think that part of the reason that and i i mean i could go off on a whole other podcast yeah. about this in general but part of the reason that um you know we as our sort of generation struggle a lot of people struggle with anxiety and things like that is because we were not shown or told that it was normal to feel certain ways and you know if you'd cry it would be like oh stop crying you've got nothing to cry about or you know calm down or you know when we didn't have the ability to and I think that actually we've got the if we're aware of that we have got a real opportunity to normalize these thoughts and feelings with our children and so for me it's all about encouraging them it to talk about how they are feeling about themselves and the way they look as well if that's something that you, you know yeah. and I've mentioned this to you before you know my my daughter um you know there are bits of her body already that she doesn't like and so we talk about it openly so that I can then say to her well look I've got that too and I you know and so I think that we get very caught up in our own heads and as young people especially we don't know that the thoughts that we have other people have too because we're too scared to talk about them out loud yeah. and if we actually vocalize them and it, we are then able if they actually can vocalize them then we are able to help them through it and to let them know that they're not the only ones thinking and feeling like that yeah and so for me it's all about 
showing good behaviour, um, not talking about it ourselves. It's about educating maybe the older generation who don't about the language that we now use, um, but also letting them be kids as well, yeah. I think is really important. And knowing that they're always going to go for the extra sweets and whatever. And I... I don't calorie count for my children at all, but I'm always conscious of what is going on in a day or what they might may have eaten across the course of that day. So that then if they then say, can I have a snack at the end of the day? I will say, yeah, grab a piece of fruit because I'm just a bit, a bit aware rather than putting it in their faces. No, you can't have that chocolate bar because you've already eaten this, 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 and this today. Yeah. It's more about, or, you know, I don't know, everything that you get, that you get, especially in the kosher shops, is double portions in one bag. Yes. And actually, I wasn't aware of that until I started, so, and I noticed. And so now I'll be like, well, empty, yes, you can have half a bag of clicks. And about how, you know, are you actually full? Do you want that because you want it or do you want it because... And so just about educating about how they feel in themselves um, and, and their relationship with food in general, um, you know, and, and as I said before, about being able to tell other people what they, can, what they should and shouldn't say. Um, because I think, as we've said the whole way along, it just comes out of our mouths without us even thinking about it, you know? Um, and so I think if we're all a bit more aware of it and yeah. acknowledge that maybe we do focus too much on it ourselves, at least we can try and control our language when we're in front of our impressionable young people. Definitely. Also, just one more thing that just triggered uh, me. Often, sometimes my kids will come home and they're like hungry, and they and they'll stand in the cupboard and they'll snack. And I I say to them like, first of all, that's not going to fill you. Like you can keep going back. You know, Nate will say, "Oh, I'm like bur hungry," and he'll he'll take a packet of this and then he'll take something else. Uh, you keep coming back, but you're not eating anything that's actually going to like satiate you. So why don't you like take a step back mm. and stick some toast in the toaster at least, you know, and, and put something on there that at, at least is going to give you something yeah. because you can see that, you know, these snacks aren't filling you. So I think also encouraging um, them to like think about um, their actual hunger at that moment yeah. and whether it's, you know, they need more than just a snack or actually you didn't possibly have a proper meal and now actually you need to think about maybe making this a bit more into a meal than just a snack. Yeah, and also exactly. just sitting down, just being mindful, yeah, yeah. actually tasting and, and acknowledging. Not, and, and not standing at a cupboard yeah. and just going from and, one And redefining to the what a snack actually is. So a snack is, to me, anything that you eat outside of your meal times. But I think for our kids, a snack is a treat. Yeah. And those are two very different things. And so, it, yeah, yeah, it's just, again, it's language, isn't yeah, it? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Oh, well, Sarah, thank you so much. That's been a really enjoyable chat. I hope you'll come Thanks back and join me. us um, again. We can, we could talk all day. I mean, yes. It's, yes. Uh, it's been lovely. <laughs> And um, yeah, I hope you all have enjoyed listening to it. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback. So um, in, the, in the show notes, we'll put our email address, our Instagram handle and Facebook if you're not already following us. Um, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's been gorgeous having you here. And Thanks will... for having me. Oh, And we will catch you next week. See ya. Bye.